I gotta be honest with you tonight. Uh, this uh, this score right here kind of uh, fits the the mental mood of me right now. Sure, and that's okay. That's, yeah, uh, that's the beautiful part about uh, about cinema. Yeah, is it really kind of uh, there's a way that it filters into your uh, everything you your life. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's real life inter- intercepting real life. Exactly. Or it's imitated life intercepting real life. Or mm-hmm. you know either way. And that's what that's what happens quite often. Sure, sure. Quite. I think quite that's why often. I'm so drawn to it. Just myself is it. Um, sometimes it fixes, or it uh, it helps to to get me over the over the slump or over something. Yeah, totally, um, totally. Yeah. And uh, if uh, everyone's curious, this is the score to the movie The Fountain. The Fountain. Yeah. Which uh, we're going to be discussing tonight. So before we get into a discussion of the film, please go check out our social medias at The Other People Show on YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Spotify, Instagram, and Instagram. Thank you, Anthony. Yes, sir. And uh, gotcha back. Gotcha you want to? You've uh, you got a couple plugs, right? Couple? Sure. Yeah. Just uh, you know, always with Anthony Wayne, the AW vibe. That's going to get you to uh, anything that I do musically, but also um, more importantly, this month and. Uh, um, you know, currently just the Avive Festival that we're working on. Right. Um, you're going to find some information there. That's going to take you to the Avive page. You can go to Avive Fest on Facebook and uh, find all you need. Yeah. I think Lo- there's, uh, you know, uh, the guys You know, the guys that do the other people show next, I think they have some money coming in. Okay. Um, yeah, very so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, to, yeah. I'm uh, going to stick around and check it out. I think I saw something today on one of the social media pages about that. Cool. So cool. I definitely want to stay and check that out. So, um... You brought the fountain to uh, to the table. I did of the show. So you you wanna you wanna give a little synopsis of uh, you wanna dive in and tell well, us a little I, bit about it? Sure. Yeah. Um, I I did bring it because I think it, you know when I I remember watching it some time ago and it did really affect me as a um, emotionally. It's a, yeah. a pretty pretty powerful piece. But um, um, so it's always been on my radar. There's like I've probably got like any number of films but there's like 10 or something eight or ten that really just have always stuck with me yeah and hit hard yeah. and, and and deep yeah and him you know darren aronofsky as a director has always been just uh top notch delivers like uh the guy i would you know can you imagine what it would be like just to be able to chat with him that would but, be amazing um, yeah this film uh um i think i i'll also say that i think yeah, you know, every time I see it, I take something different okay. from it. And to me, you know, um, this time around, uh, it's just really, it's a beautiful love story. And it's about um, the cycle that love might take. Um, there's a lot of references throughout the film of the circle, the tree of life, yeah. um, the yeah. beginning, the end, the rebirth. And I think it's just a really a beautiful love story about, um, obviously, people trying to figure it out, but there is a... Um, there is a, a, a death diagnosis in the, you know, that's in the the, um, the main bulk of the film. Yeah, and like the about, centerpiece in mm-hmm, a way. Yeah, and it's about a, um, it's really a man's um, love for a woman and him trying to help her get through that. And ultimately, he's a, you know, he's a, a doctor, so he's trying to f- uh, cure that. Right. But I think in his, uh, he becomes blind to um, some parts of what he's missing. Right. And I think you figure that out through the film. Throughout, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, just, uh, 
Just incredible. I don't know that that's a good synopsis. I think it's just about love, really. Okay. It's about love. And this is one of those films when I was in, and I wish I only watched it once. Uh, I wish I could. I honestly could have probably watched it. Um, it's a lean 96 minutes. Sure. So you could get in a couple different viewings, and I was hoping that I would be able to do that. Unfortunately, I wasn't, but I will rewatch yeah, it again. Yeah, go back. Yeah, yeah. Um, very soon. Yeah, very well, soon. maybe we'll do a, a fountain part two next yeah. year or something. I don't yeah, know. That, we'll come back. That could be very cool. Not film a fountain part right. two, unless we decide that there's a good script. Right. And, and we have the budget. <laughs> yeah. So a little bit of a behind the scenes. Well, a little bit of a, we were talking about Darren Aronofsky. Um, he's directed some great films, The Whale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah, Black Swan, The Wrestler, uh, The Fountain, Requiem for a Dream, um, Mother. Mm-hmm. Was there any pie? I think I left pie off the list. Um, but he's a director that I don't know. He's a director that if you, for me, if you if you love cinema, mm-hmm. if you if you want to get to sometimes the deeper, darker meaning, not even meaning, but um, the cerebral. Yeah, and like. diving into those deep questions mm-hmm. yeah you know because his films do you know uh deal with a lot of those sure questions that people ponder and ask themselves and they have for centuries and um you know that's that's kind of i guess um how the love story sure yeah the love story can be in this one well it definitely shows centuries of love you know yes. like he goes yeah so it has a uh, a 7.2 on imdb which i thought was pretty cool pretty high up there mm-hmm. 74% audience, uh, positive audience uh, liking, and a Rotten Tomato score of only 53%, which kind of surprised me in a way, but in a way it didn't because yeah. this is a, I would imagine... It's pretty heady. A divisive film also. Sure, yeah. And, and it's and not... 50% of good is still good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, but I will say 100% of the audience members would think this is a challenging film. Yeah. I would, or sure. A good portion at least. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the the way it's told as well, the non-linear kind of storytelling. Right. It, it's it's very uh, fractured. It's very split up. Yeah. So you have to. Um, I think you have to have that mentality to be able to um, partition those things and and put them in in little spaces and go back and be able to go back and and recall and say, okay, this is where we're at here. This yeah. Is where, it's to me, it wasn't very. That wasn't very challenging at all. No. Um, the challenging part for me was to like figure out. How, what I felt about it, right? Like what it meant to me, ultimately. right? Okay, that's a very cool, interesting, interesting yeah. uh, perspective. So I'm, I'm curious to get into that. Cool. So I thought the the film looked beautifully. Oh, I thought man. it looked great on screen. Um, it was a 35 million dollar film. It only grossed 10 million dollars in America, and only uh, come on, America, 16 million worldwide. So come only on, six. Um, but it has since turned into a, a cult classic, a cult favorite. A modern cult classic, so that's pretty cool. Warner Warner Brothers refused to do a director's commentary for this DVD, so Darren Aronofsky recorded one in his living room and released it on his website. Rogue. Which, he, he went rogue on Yes. Him. I'm yes. going to do it right here in the Complete living room. Complete indie yeah. rogue. There it I've is. I've got a Tascam DR40. We're doing it right now. I would have... I would have. <laughs> I, I, got to go. Talk to you later, Warner Brothers. And I would love to get the DVD just to see that. Oh, sure. It, it might be online. I haven't checked it out, so it could be floating online somewhere. That'd be hilarious. Oh, like you could hear everything in his living room happening, yes. like cars driving by. He, yes. he, he lives by a subway. Or if he has like, you know, pets, you <laughs> yeah. know, his dog wanders in. He's got a squeaky fridge door. <laughs> <laughs> what if you were doing something like that? Like doing, being rogue, doing a, a commentary in your living room and some 
random happenstance happens, like someone just randomly falls through the floor. Yeah, like, or somebody's at the door, like, yeah. hey, hey, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quiet down in there. <laughs> but yeah, that would be very cool to, to check out. Uh, Rachel Weisz and Hugh Jackman agreed to work on the film at a reduced rate. Um, that's, that's one reason to keep the budget down low. Yeah, that's people that believe. It is. Yeah, those, um, are, those were and and even, and they were they're still at the height of their career, but they were they were high then. Yes, like they were you know in demand then. Yeah, they were very. And it seems like those two actors have been in high. You know how like there's some actors and actresses you, they span across decades. Sure, it seems like they have. Yeah, they've done. Yeah, consistent work. Yeah, consistent. Yeah. Uh, hits like yeah. they're just hit machines, and even still to this day. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think Hugh Jackman is working on. Um, he's reprising Wolverine yeah, in Deadpool, uh, Deadpool 3. Three. Yeah, excited. So I'm I'm kind of surprised it's taken that long to get to Deadpool Three because it's been a. I mean, I know COVID happened, but it's been like 2017, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think we, if you look at Ryan's life, I think he's pretty busy with the the Wrexham, um, um, the soccer. Um, he's doing that series, and you know I, he had the. Uh, Mint, I think, mobile, the phone service. Oh, right. he was, and he does he have a transaction. Uh, so I think he's just been. He life. has a gin. He does, yeah. Aviation yeah. gin. I think he's just, you know, staying busy. True. That, that, that's probably. And so is Hugh Jackman. Like, he was in um, Reminiscence and. Um, uh, did you watch that one? I did. Yeah. How, how was that? It's cool. One? It's okay. Cool. It's, yeah. it's worth checking out. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, we can talk about that for sure. I thought fun. about uh, diving into that one. Oh, in the yeah. Past. Do it. For sure. You won't be disappointed. Okay. It's very noirish. Okay. Very cool. Like, well, I've cool been into that mode of... for a, a little a minute, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, cool. Yeah. So, then that might fit right in. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, I didn't realize this because I. I Typically, sometimes I will type out the um, the sheet and do research before the movie. Sure, but I didn't. I did some research before the movie, but I didn't want it to maybe taint my viewing of the movie. Fair. So I tried not to look at anything that would um, spoilers. Other than, yes, yeah. any kind of spoilers. Yeah, heard. But uh, I found this interesting that Hugh Jackman assumed a different posture for each persona. And now looking back, okay. I think I I kind of yeah, me too. Um, as a, as Thomas, he was he was upright and forward leaning. As the as a scientist, he was kind of hunched back, hunched down a little bit. Um, and there's different reasons for this. And in the um, I guess the last one, he was um, where I lost my as the space traveler, he was in the yoga position mm-hmm. quite zen, a bit. Yeah. yeah, the Zen position. And they all really uh, fed into um, the scenes of that character. Yes. Like, um, yeah, like now that you look back on it, you can tell that there was burden, there was weight carried. And then um, in the transcendental uh, character, the Zen yoga, uh, you know, he was, it, was very, it was always very peaceful. Yes. Yeah, great job. That's method. That's yeah. a method. Come on. Now, you, now with your method. Before, I, I mean, obviously, uh, we're going to give maybe some spoilers away because even if we give spoilers away, I don't think it will skew your oh, viewing no of the way. film there's, yeah. there's it's there's just too much yeah um for our opinion yeah. to even persuade you one way or the other yeah but um <laughs> we're not smart enough to give away too no. good spoilers <laughs> we'll just I, be like he was dead the whole time yeah. everybody knew <laughs> i'm still like coming to coming to grips with what i watched like when i watched it especially when it cuts to the um the I guess the space the the traveler mm-hmm. the you know the third uh, journeyman I guess in the in the series of the three that was kind of when my mind was like oh wow I remember watching the the trailer and I didn't go back and rewatch the trailer I remember watching it on screen 
back in 2006. So I do remember seeing some scenes. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I remember that. I remember, remember the coloring, the lighting. Yeah. You're like, how does this all piece together? What yeah. is going on? But but other than that, I was like, wow, this this is not... I knew it was a journey about love. Yeah. And spanning through possibly time. You know, that's what I gathered from the, uh, the preview. But it takes it in a completely different um, turn with... Um, Many, many interpretations. Yeah. And that's I think that's one really good a trademark of a great movie is that it can be interpreted yeah, many different I think, ways. I think that's what you – I think you want to uh, – my thoughts are is you want to deliver the information. You don't want to, uh, ha- you know, be too spoon-fed about it. Right. <clears throat> you want them to think about it later and then, you know, create their own – their own story or their own interpretation and that becomes the, that's how cult hits I right. think are made as people you know they make you want to come back to it yeah yeah and this the music, is one man the music is so good it is let's take a little listen for a moment man it just really added to it it's great it's great it really is um so, um, Darren Aronofsky started this story in 1999 when he was around 30 years old. Um, and his parents were diagnosed with cancer. And that's where the, kind of the cancer part of the uh, aspect of the movie comes from that. Um, and he was also dealing and reflecting a lot on his own human mortality. And I guess, you know, seeing your parents go through this, you know, seeing them possibly face the end of their life is going to make you take a look in the mirror be like you know what have I done what is what is this yeah you know you you might I don't know I've never really been faced with a death situation but I don't think that I fear it you know I do respect it um, but it's not something I live in fear of every yeah. day and and I don't think Darren uh, really did did either but I found that was you know another another great example how you know taking something that personally happened yeah. and injecting it in what I would imagine to be a really uh, a passion project. Sure. You know. You know, I think uh, I didn't realize that he was going through that. But now that I know that bit of information, you can kind of look at the story and uh, it's all over it. Yeah, yeah. See, and I, and, and that I feel the same way because I, I didn't know this beforehand. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I could I could totally see, see that. And, uh, and that probably helped. You know, there were some really heavy heavy moments between um, the two leads, Rachel and Hugh, and I think they really uh, swung for the fence on a couple of those moments. Yeah. Um, and maybe knowing that Darren was going through his own personal uh, family um, crisis, I think that uh, that might have led to them, you know, really bringing it on a couple of those scenes. Yeah, and, and because they did do this at a reduced rate, Yeah. so that means they, they had a love for the material. Sure. So I think you would probably, it would probably be correct, or at least thinking that would be what they would think because you have these two at their height of the, not the height, but like we said. Um, yeah, they never left. They're still high, yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, they could they could be making yeah. Buku's more money, but they're yeah. decided to do this, which, um, you know, I, uh, kudos to them. Yeah, I, I applaud that for sure. That's that's belief in the, the art, the director, the scriptwriter, the DP. That's belief in the entire top to bottom to make a wonderful piece yeah now here's the interesting bit of information what do you got and I thought about this it's not written on the sheet I don't think is that Kate Blanchett and Brad Pitt were originally the leads 
of this movie. No way. Brad Pitt dropped out seven weeks before principal photography started. Come on, um, Brad. I don't, not really sure why. Uh, I couldn't really find a reason why. That led. You have to it, look and see what movies were popular. Brad Pitt movies were popular at this time. Yeah, I'm trying to think what was it that would an Inglorious Bastard? Maybe. Might have been. It could have been. Because <laughs> Inglorious, I think, came Kid. out in 2008, maybe. When did this come out? I'm sorry. 2006. Okay. So maybe something that, he uh, was killing making me softly. Could be something he was probably making around sure. you know, 2005 yeah. or so. And that that could have been. It could have been money. Could have been time. You know, could have been uh, timing. And then with Kate, it it didn't work out because. Uh, Another, they were waiting on her pregnancy for another film, but some somehow the film was delayed and she was able to do it instead of this one. I'm not no. so it was something scheduling. Well, the, I think it worked out. I do too, but the yeah. budget was doubled when it had Brad Pitt involved. It had a seventy million dollar budget, and there were well, that's there, gotta hurt some nice feelings. There was a a, a Mayan temple. I, f- I forget how how big it was, but it was a, there was a complete constructed Mayan temple that was going to be a centerpiece of a lot that wasn't filmed and they ended up auctioning it off because it wasn't used in the <laughs> no film. No way. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that, I can't even imagine. But well, I can, but, but we've we'll, lost Brad. We're going to have to downsize that temple. Yeah. And I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> give, give me a, give me the smaller temple. <laughs> yeah. The smaller temple. All right. Hugh Jackman. All right. But actually Hugh Jackman got this, um, this role, Darren Aronofsky has yeah. seen Hugh Jackman in The Music Man on Broadway. Offered He's him, fantastic in those Broadway, you know. Well, that's not the first. That's 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 not the first thing that I had read where, you know, other celebrities had watched Hugh Jackman in in The Music Man, and apparently, like you said, he's outstanding. Yeah, but he uh, he accepted the role, or I think he was offered the role backstage. He read the script. And then accepted the very next day. Wow! So he really did have a passion. That's on the spot. For uh, yeah, yeah. Um, one other interesting thing was that each air uses different shape designs. The past has triangular designs. The present has oblong designs, and the future has circular designs. So I found that kind of and the colors obviously you know mm-hmm. they they match as well depending on what it is. But I, I found that really cool and really, like, especially going back, I didn't really have time to revisit and rewatch any scenes. But just from what I remember right away, I was like, that is a very. That is a deep dive. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yes. I mean, I did notice some of those things, but I didn't know that it was, um, I didn't really, um, maybe I took my own interpretation of those. Right, right. But, um and the, the last bit of info is the film takes place in the 16th century in 2005 and 2500. Yeah. 2500, which sounds weird to say. All at the same time. People. Yeah, it All does. at the same time. So uh, let's get into the plot let's and the story. Anthony? Yes. You want to take us down that road? I, well, you, you kind of set it up a little bit before, before yeah. we, yeah, we dove sure. in a little bit. I think uh, if you're just going to, you know, for me to break it down uh, simply, it's just about love and it's about um, them trying to protect it. And um, one's afraid, one's not. Right. And in, cer- in certain aspects, I think, um, you know, Rachel Weiss's character was afraid in the um, conquistador in the, you know, in the, um, the 16th century, she was afraid that they were going to be overcome so she, or overthrown, so she right. needed help there. She was afraid at that moment. 
But I think in 2005, she wasn't afraid. She was completely at, ready. And at peace. Yeah. And I think in 2500, she was probably leading it and saying, you know, he was lost at that point. To right. me, that 2500, um, 2500 time, time period is, I took it as it was, uh, it was their subconscious. Right. It was their, you know, um, that was driving that, that section. And I think that was a lot of the internal, <laughs> you know, she kept saying, you know, um, finish it. You know, it's going to be okay. You know, things like that. Yeah. And the filaments on the tree. You know, um, so I, I think that uh, she was leading that to me. But and that's getting too far away from the plot. The plot to me was just uh, a, a great, really great love story. An, an eternal love story, sure. so to yeah. speak. So a little bit, we'll break it down a little bit. Uh, as a modern day, this this is some a synopsis that I actually found. Okay. Because I tried to find a couple to really see how uh, to try to really. See if I could find one that could encapsulate. Sure, sure. Not many did, and Fair neither does this one. But uh, what I came up with was, as a modern-day scientist, Tommy is struggling with mortality, desperately searching for the medical breakthrough that will save his life. His wife of his cancer, or life of his cancer-stricken wife, Izzy. And um, that's kind yeah. of it in a in a nutshell. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you watch the film, it'll be. Um, it expands a little bit. It expands. Um, you good, learn good choice yeah, of words. The um, the 16th century is really um, it's the story that she's writing. It's some of some of the story is 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 filtered into that scenario, and I think the 2500 is the um, to me is there is the subconscious. Well, that's that's interesting that you say that because when I first when I first watched, um, I don't. I'm trying to think what point I was like, oh, this is what she's writing. And, you know, it was a little ways in. But now it put everything, you know, um, in context a little bit better. But it could have been. They don't ever really say. No, they don't really. So um, that again, if you watch it, you're gonna you may interpret something different. Right. But, That's uh, true. That's true. Because I did. <clears throat> now, I, I did think that in the movie. Now, when I went back and did some research about it, there were various interpretations. Sure. That being I can one imagine. of them. Um, the subconscious being the 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 twenty five hundred mm-hmm. time. I'd heard that as well. I'd heard it was, um, or not heard, but I had read that uh, Tommy, his, um, or Tom, his, his sub- subconscious. Mm-hmm. And I think I would agree with that in, in my or, interpretation. Or memories, maybe. Memories. Right? But still subconscious. Yeah. You know, it's like our, our, the mental portion of us. So it's like, a, um, it's like a, maybe some sort of um, fiction. And right. then like, you know, like a real life scenario. And then it's like um, an otherworldly scenario. And yeah. they're, they're all happening at the same time with the same characters. Now, I did go back and rewatch the trailer after watching the film. And the trailer, I think, is a little misleading. Oh, yeah. Have you went back and rewatched I, I, it? I did not watch the trailer. So I went, ba- I went back and rewatched it. And the, it makes it, it is a love story through time. Yes. But they make it seem very literal in every sense of the word. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like these are three scenarios that really happen. Yeah, like in uh, Cloud Atlas. Have you ever oh, watched yeah. Cloud oh, Atlas? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, like that kind of a scenario, you know, okay. like uh, spans through time, you know, thing like that. And it does to a certain extent, I guess you could say, but not the way that the trailer represents the film. Sure. Yeah. Because it did. It it I re, it, it got a hateful. C minus from audiences when it first came out. The the film? Yes. And I think part of it was due to the misleading of the trailer. 
You know, uh, I, you know, I'm hit and miss with trailers. Um, I understand why we have them. I understand the need for them. I do not understand why they're a minute and a half longer now than they ever used to be. But they give away way too much. Oh my goodness, they're really just. Um, it's it, it's it's what they've done is they've put the first, second, and third act sure. into a trailer, yep. and you pretty much know what's going to happen. Yeah, and I'm not cool with that. They should <laughs> they should put all the deleted scenes in a trailer. Yes, make the make the whole trailer nothing but deleted. Scenes. I've never seen that. Yeah, <laughs> no, have you ever seen like scenes in the trailer? But you're like that wasn't and, in the yeah, movie. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah, and characters even like you go no way that dude was not in there. <laughs> yeah. There he was. So interesting, this has nothing to do with The Fountain, but this made me think of this. So when they were making Alien 3, Alien 2 was a, um, or Aliens was a smash success. Sure. So they wanted to get Alien 3 off the yeah. ground as, That's, as quickly uh, David, as possible. David Fincher? Yes. Yeah. He wasn't the original director. He was, he was brought on. No, no, yeah. And 20th Century Fox pretty much uh, micromanaged every aspect. But they put a trailer out, and it said, um, I can't remember exactly. It's online. I've rewatched it. But it has the um, like the alien egg, and it says something about, you know, the next one is going to be on Earth. When in reality, they had nothing shot, no script, and no plot. They had a few ideas that they were grabbing yeah. for, and they wanted to get something out there. And uh, it had no, it well, technically Alien Three did take place on Earth, I think, didn't it? Um, or was it is another that the one planet? with uh, Winona Ryder? Or no, it, that's the fourth one. Oh, okay, that's Alien Resurrection. That one. Okay, um, I'd have to go back and, and watch that. Um, I do remember the first one pretty well, but yeah. uh, I, I may have slacked off a little bit. Which the first? I've, one? I've seen them all, but I don't remember uh, which one was on Earth. Well, the first one is a slow burn. Incredible. It's it's nothing like the other yeah. ones. I mean, it it's a slow burn of uh, a thrill ride, really. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a wonderful film. Yeah, it's really done well. Bill Paxton. Oh yeah, the late Bill Paxton. Man. So uh, characters. Okay. I actually, I actually have a, a small character sheet. I see it typed out. It's not the best, <laughs> but it's no, it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. No, I do not know for the audience. It's the the actors are in blue. <laughs> I have no idea why. It's perfect. But there it is. Yeah. Um, did you have a favorite character? Mm. Yeah, I guess Hugh Jackman. Oh, I, it's, yeah, I, mine, yeah I think he was really versatile. Um, just the, in the fact that he was a hustler and he was versatile, and he and uh, I understand some of that drive that he has. Um, it can make you a little manic, and it can really distance you from a lot of people. Yeah. And um, and you probably have felt some of that too. Just yeah. the, you know the creative drive, kind of kind of uh um yeah just it just makes us hyper focused and we miss a lot i agree that, and, that is very true we do yeah we do and there's there's regret and i think he has that and we we notice that at the end yeah i think so too um, he tries to fix it in real time like there was a moment where she wants to go for the first snow walk and he tells ethan Supley, or he doesn't even say anything just grabs his jacket and he's like where are you going you know and he's mm-hmm. like i'm out of here we're gonna go walk you yeah know? and that did not happen at the beginning so right. yeah so hugh jackman in short me too. Me too. Another thing interesting with Hugh Jackman is, during each era, his hairstyle changes. It did. Yep. He was uh, uh, a little long, then yeah. a little shaggy, and then bald. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what happens to us as we as we age. <laughs> yeah. I've got the same barber. No. <laughs> <laughs> you you can pull it off. You pull it off well. well. Thank you. <laughs> you. Hugh Jackman did. My if I were I, I don't know. I don't think I could do it. Yeah. You and uh, well, Jason Statham can do it. <laughs> Different fighting styles, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Um, he did shave his 
head for that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. So that was kind of a cool... And that Man, he went method. Yes. I mean, when you're shaving... I mean, obviously, he started off with the, the longer locks, sure. I'm sure. Um, and there might have been some... Uh, Maybe extensions in there. I, I didn't. I, I didn't specifically look for that. No, no. But uh, occasionally, it didn't look like it. no. It, it looked all right. But real. what do we know? What we don't. What do we know about hair? We're just yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, has anybody seen me? Come on. I had a hat on earlier and just took it off. For, <laughs> I don't know why, but I. <laughs> I think I try to alternate on the shows. One week I try to do a hat. I sure, try to alternate. Sure. So who knows? But yeah, Hugh Jackman would be my my favorite character in this film. Although. Um, you know, I do think Rachel Wise, and, yep. and it's mm-hmm. a good supporting cast. And I didn't realize that Sean Patrick Thomas didn't was, either was in this. Didn't either. I, I, well, you know, this is what this movie. Isn't it weird that to me that 2005 was 18 years ago? Yeah. Does that seem like 18? I mean, I guess in a way it does. If you look at all the events that's happened in your life and yeah. lifetime, time does fly. But when I think back, 18 years to 2005. Uh, well, actually, 2006. I'm sorry, but still, crazy. We're not far from 2,500. Well, but you know, now we know how it is. We're yes. all in a bubble. Now, did that? Did that seem like? We'll, we'll get this in a second. Sure, yeah. But I, um, I, have a, I have a question. Let me write it down here, just to make sure that I remember it. So, do you have a least favorite scene or a favorite scene? Um, my favorite scene is the one where, um. Not sure. Maybe he's doing some work, and she takes off, and he, um, he, or he comes home from work, and she's gone, and there's a note, I think, or maybe he, no, he wakes up the next morning. There's the note, and right. she has gone to look at. I guess that's maybe um, she's looking at a at a at a Mayan display, and she's talking about it, and and he's trying to get her to um, an appointment, mm-hmm. um, and she wants to talk about this because she's she's writing this book, and it's pretty, you know, um, it's in her. You know she's interested in it she wants to share that and then there's a she has a seizure and there's a moment where she kind of you know raises up there's a lot of cool lighting in that moment there is and, and throughout uh, the entire movie yeah for sure and I, and I and then he rushes to her and it's a very slow-mo scenario and I just felt that moment um, seemed pivotal right because uh, there was decline after that and right I, and I really felt like that was a moment when things changed and he was really trying to he's trying to do his best you know, he wants to take care of her to the best that he can, but he's also very clinical-minded. Right. And so he wants to find the cure. He's not looking to... Um, his bedside manner may not be great. He's trying to find the cure, and that's where his his mindset is. And that's and so, what he's focused on 100%. Yeah. And so he missed a few things. He missed the emotional part of his connection. And um, that goes back to the creative part of our brains. Yeah. You know, we just get focused, and we just want... We want the. We know what the end result looks like. We have to get there. His end result was a cure, and to get it cured, to get it fixed, and get it, you know, so he could, um, you know, give it to his wife. And right. So yeah, that was my favorite scene. I think it was the lighting was great. It all happened in one sort of uh, angelic moment, and she fell, and you know. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I have a favorite scene per se. I want to go back and rewatch it again to to make sh- to see what it would be. But I do have a scene that really hit me on an emotional level, okay. and it was one of the one of the uh, the ending scenes with the um, the sap flowing from the bark, sure, and how that's like her life. Yeah, you it's know the the nectar. But I also thought that uh, 
I don't I don't know how peaceful that place felt to me. I, I, I felt isolation and loneliness. Yeah. And I don't know if that was the intention. Did you did you glean well, that at all? Maybe a little bit. Um, I didn't feel uncomfortable. I didn't feel like there was an uncomfortableness. I right. felt like it was uh, it was the subconscious, and I think that sometimes we're alone with our thoughts. And I think that he was alone with a lot of his and, um, but. Well, I did like the fact that it's pretty much, it's like you mentioned earlier, the rebirth. Yeah. Yeah. And he's. And he became one. That's the whole thing. You know, we become the cycle. The, yeah, the know, cycle. It's all very cyclical. How, yeah. And it starts with, there's, you know, there is death. a, um, there is a, what is it? A Bible verse at the very beginning of the film. Yeah. I, I wish I'd have written down which one it was. But I think it does talk about maybe the cycle of life or the beginning. I can't remember right away what it says. But I think um, that kind of sets the tone yeah. a little bit for the for the film. I'm glad that I didn't know that uh, Darren was going through this about his family, his right. parents. Um, because that just makes, you know, now that I know, I see it all. But, like, right. that, you know. Well, see, I, know, I wouldn't have. Yeah. I mean, going into it, I... I didn't really do. I'd heard it. I'd, I'd heard of the fountain. I knew who the primary. I, I knew Hugh Jackman, uh, Darren Aronofsky. I knew that um, Rachel Wise. But I really didn't know the supporting cast or anything. And I wasn't a hundred percent sure what um, what it was about. Yeah. But I. Uh, but it was one of those that had just slipped through the radar, because he made this right after Requiem, so he pretty much had the power to make what he wanted, and this wow. was one that he that he chose to make. So it. Usually, I've noticed this with, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I guess it would be like this maybe in music as well. Um, if you if you have a hit movie, then your next project, or you know, a hit album, I guess you could say, your next project to be funded would be your passion project because you have all the studio money probably that you would want. This is a one-time chance to make the project right. that I want to make, and uh, he made this project. Now there was a couple of years where it went into turnaround. He actually um, sold the the rights, um, not the rights, but he sold something to. I guess he gave permission for a comic book artist to, oh. to do some illustrations cool. before the movie was made. And he gave the. Um, I thought this was kind of cool too. He gave the the comic book artist leeway to interpret the script the way that the artist saw fit. So it's not based upon. Oh, it's wow. based upon the script from the movie. But it's not exactly the same. So is it a graphic novel? It's a. I, I don't know if it's a graphic novel or a series. Oh, I of, gotta look that up. That's yeah, cool. There's a series of. Uh, from what I, I might be wrong, but I think five of them. But I could be wrong. But there's a series of them, so that's kind of a cool thing. I'm calling Amazon right now. And uh, yeah, worth <laughs> worth checking out. Uh, score in the music. We've talked about that already. Yeah. I mean, it's it's has it's a very amazing. ancient feel to me. A very antique feel yeah. to it. Very like. Um, Very moody, sure. Very emotional. I was talking to somebody the other day about the impact of strings in music and just how valuable it is. Yeah. Like, just so, uh, just cannot be replaced. One of my favorite artists, uh, 
recording artist Duncan Cheek. He had a hit back in oh, the yeah. 90s, but he's had uh, stellar work since then. But his 2006 album, White Limousine, has like a dream world-like quality, and it's because of the orchestra and the strings yeah. that are in it. So I might play a song from there one day on the show. Yeah, that'd it's, be great. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But yet, this soundtrack... I mean, I, I got to be honest. We do listen, have some movies that have some great soundtracks. Oh yeah, we're yeah we're we're nothing but hits on yeah, soundtrack. I mean, yeah. I mean, I could just listen to this. Tr- we should driving. we should do a movie that's got a terrible soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to. We should. Anybody listening, comment with a, a movie that's it's probably a great movie or decent movie, but it's got a, just a terrible soundtrack. Bad soundtrack. We want the worst soundtrack ever. <laughs> but I've noticed as. I don't know if it's, I guess maybe as I've gotten older, that I gravitate to a lot of um, scores in movies listening to where I, when I was younger. I don't know that, well, for one, I didn't have the uh, access to as many as we do now. Sure. Yeah. You know, obviously we have Spotify. Yeah, and, and they didn't too. release it. Yeah. Like back in the day, it was just on the movie, and that's where you got yeah. it. Now it's, be, it's become very commonplace to find it on vinyl. Yeah. You know, like the, as soon as, the, like even before the movie comes out on DVD or Blu-ray, you get the, you got a vinyl soundtrack yeah. you can buy. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad they're doing it. And oh, the, and, yeah. And for a while, I don't know if it's still uh, up there, but Sirius had a, uh, a channel uh, devoted just to movie scores. Oh, cool. So I don't know if it's that's, still yeah, active. That's great. But that's not surprising. Good that's, for them. That's so cool. Oh, and you know, maybe you know, maybe uh, some listeners could tell us what their favorite soundtrack is. That's, that's that'd true. Be, that'd that's be a lot a, of fun. That's a good one. Yeah. I already know mine. You already know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Singles. 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 I, I got, Bangers. I'm, I'm top to bottom. I'm a, I'm a little bit ashamed to say this. Go ahead. Don't oh. say it. Get out. You know what I'm going to say? Get out. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Come on. I've heard of I it. I knew it was coming. <laughs> you know, I, because I put my head down in shame. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's funny is I'll go, like when we're like when we're off air, I'll go, I don't think I've seen that. He's like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. And I go, how have you, how have you seen that? And I'm not. And then how have I seen it and you haven't? Like, it's like we're watching all the different movies. Yeah. You know, it, there's a list, and I'm sure you probably everyone has one, of just movies that somehow slipped through. Oh, yeah. Um, and now it's, you know, more available to go back and, and see a lot of these. But at the time, though, you know, if you missed it in the theater... That was it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you might be able to rent it, you know, on VHS. You could you could, you could get it on Laserdisc. Yeah. That was it. The big... Uh, <laughs> the big DVD. <laughs> God. We watched something one time in, I think, 7th seventh, seventh grade class, and it was a big Laserdisc. Oh, yeah. It, but it, I can't recall what it was. But other than that, I've never seen, I've never seen one in person, like watched one or anything like I that. I have. Um, I got lucky. I was doing a deep dig on, on some music in a crate somewhere, and I have a laser disc of The Last Waltz by the, with the band and Bob Dylan. Very cool. Yeah. Did you know that you had that? Um, or did you just like... I, I just stumbled on it and I bought okay. it. I was just like... It, okay. It was like, I mean, $7 or something. Wow. Like they were just giving it away and I was like, of course I don't have a player. Right. You know, like there's... I don't even... You know, if, if anybody's got a laser disc player, let me know. But, right. But I just thought it was cool to have, you yeah. know, because you don't really come across that. You know, I've done a couple it's of things. probably worth $1,000 now or something. Yeah. I'm going to look that up. Somebody look that up. Yeah, look me. that up. Yeah. The last Waltz <clears throat> Blu-ray... Uh, not Blu-ray. No, uh, Laserdisc. Laserdisc. Yeah. Now, they were the size pretty much of a record. Yes. An, mm-hmm. an LP, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they were... Were they on both sides? No. Or just uh, one? Just the one, yeah. Okay. But it was... Uh, I don't know. Maybe... Uh, I can't recall. I don't know if there was, there was dual-sided, like a... 
like a record right no i think it would be like just like a dvd because it has the, the digital material you know under it and that's but I guess there are some DVDs that you can you get both sides. Yeah, yeah. especially okay. those DVDs where it's like you know maybe four four movies True, on two yeah. DVDs it's or like something. Like all the DOAs, yeah, yeah. all the Steven Seagal <laughs> action films. <laughs> you want Seagal? We got thirty seven of them on one disc. You've only heard of four? We got yeah. thirty seven. <laughs> Three dollars, take it or leave. <laughs> who would who would win in their prime? Who would win, Van Damme or Seagal? If you think. In their prime, yes, Seagal. Okay, what about now? Neither one. Oh no, I've seen Van Damme. <laughs> Have you seen this Van Damme commercial? It's a couple years old, where he's doing the splits on like these Volvo trucks. Uh, that sounds familiar. But it's like he really does it though, and I was like, wow. All right, so I guess we got to give advantage to, to Van Damme. I think him. I think Van <laughs> I think Van, uh, and Johnny Cage was actually based upon Van Damme from Bloodsport. Really? Yeah, just random information. Well, there it is. That's why I have trouble in life because I have all these random. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> preach! <laughs> like random. I'm right with you. But yeah, um, the score is just yeah, fantastic. And I would really recommend um, people check it out. It's all on YouTube. Um, the score. Yeah. Yeah, and some scores are, are difficult to find, but this one uh, it's it's easy to find. It's up there, and I and I highly recommend it. So what about originality? Oh, this, off the charts. Yeah, I think so too. It's not, you know, like if you really just basically say it's a doctor and he's doing this. Like, the, you know, if you if you cheapen the whole story idea just by a, a few sentences, but if you really look at it like in this large scope, it's pretty original. Yeah. Like it, it really goes pretty deep. And if your mind's open enough, if your mind and your heart are open enough to really like, you know, view the, you know, the whole movie out of your peripheral and yeah. like really have a, a large... Uh, view of what's going on um it was way original it's like you know over the top it's a really great idea really smart and i haven't seen the future um like that on screen before okay you know what i mean like sure. a lot of movies they'll have like yeah. you know space helmets and or technology yeah. or you know spaceships yeah. and helmets but um it was very free yes like it was very like part of the cosmos and part of the 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 Milky Way, and yeah. like it was all part of the and kind of just floating, yeah, in a way. Yeah, and the way that the way they did that, um, I hadn't seen that. The way they filmed that, yeah. Um, and I like how they put him in like a glass ball, like it was very like a free to a point, yeah, or something. Because it, for the, for the audience, you want to try to explain what what Tom is in in this two thousand. 500 um, um, yeah air? it's just like a glass ball it looks like his own personal earth right it's just like a glass ball that you might um, um, put like a Christmas or an, you know an ornament in or something right. it's like right know, right you know, and and it's not very full size it's like you know him and the tree kind of fill up the space um, almost like a snow globe there you go just yeah, about that's the word I was looking for yep. just about thank you um, it's a snow globe yeah it's a $2,500 snow globe <laughs> Man, that would be a very expensive snow globe. I wouldn't want to be part of transporting it, touching it. I don't even want to look at it. No. I would be, uh, I don't know. I would be very nervous around that, oh, kind yeah. of, that kind of thing. Especially if it had a small little man and a little tree in it. Like, you know. Now, what if, what if you did have, what if, what if there was a twist on the fountain? Okay. And at the very end of the film, it's just what you said. It pans out, and then you see a full-size human 
pick up that you know, piece oh. of the snow globe. <laughs> Not a snow globe, <laughs> and, but... Uh, and puts it on a tree. Yeah. <laughs> or the future is you know way bigger than whatever whatever we thought oh you know what okay I mean? so okay okay so not so comical like that but like really like um in a spiritual way like uh we feel like that's all that his world is the conscious is it's just this one small zone right and then it pans out and you have well obviously we know that it, you know the nebula was there that's and like true. it was still like you know much bigger and he kept saying we're almost there we're almost there and the conscious was the nebula was the cure to me. Like he was, we're almost there. We're almost at success. Right. Um, maybe. I don't know. I think I need to watch the movie again. I do too. Like I'm, I, really, I mean, I really, I might watch it again tonight. Yeah. I, I, I really I, might. I had all these ideas and now I'm, you know, now I'm slightly rethinking some. I'm like, man, maybe it wasn't that at all. Maybe right. there is something larger there. Well, it's a slim 96 minutes, so you can, you can watch oh, yeah. it quick, but yeah, there's it a feels lot good. of information. Yeah. I didn't feel like it was uh, cram. I didn't feel like it was no. like, um, Stifled in any I didn't way. Feel I, rushed. I felt like it had a lot of breathing room. I felt like it wasn't. Uh, yeah, I didn't feel any of that. And I and I thought, um, to be honest with you, I had no. I thought it would be longer because this seems like a movie. If if it were an hour and forty minutes, sure, it would warrant that, and probably even a little bit longer. You know, they could probably have put in, but I think it's a good, um, good speed. I think. Uh, you know they they did a good job on on capturing what they needed to do, put it yeah. on screen, and I think everyone did a fantastic job. I would have loved yeah. to have seen. Um, <clears throat> I think there's there's more than we really have time to even talk about. Oh like, yeah, if we were to, yeah, like this might even be like a fountain part two one day. But the fountain revisited. Yeah, there you go. That's that's what we we'll have to that's what we'll have to do. Yeah. Now, was there any other movies that this put you in mind of that you've seen? Either mm. with, either with, you know, maybe the message of, you know, this love, this never-ending love, or, like you mentioned earlier, she had pretty much accepted death. Yeah. And he was fighting tooth and nail, basically, to find a cure to death. Yeah, I don't know that it put me in mind of. Uh, it probably just put me in mind of some of his other films. You know. Yeah, it didn't put me in mind of did, anything. Yeah, I didn't really think of another film that that to compare it to. I was just like. You know, you get done, you're just like, that Darren, you know, just incredible. Obviously, it's his whole crew. It's not just Darren. But, right. Um, I think, you know, the seed starts with direction. Yep, I agree with you. And the script. Um, did you, is this your favorite film of his? Have you seen all of his films? I've seen quite a few. Okay. Yeah. Have um, you seen on, all on the, on the list here? I've seen all of these on the list except for... I haven't seen Noah. I haven't seen The Whale. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, it is one. It's on my list. It's actually on a stack that I have. Uh, okay, I'm a little backed up. Yeah, that's what you were saying. But yeah, I yeah. think you'll. I think. Um, have you seen it? I have seen it. Oh, see, there it is, people. I have seen it. That's yeah. how it happens. <laughs> I come in and I say, "Have you not seen this?" And he's like, "No, I haven't seen it." And then here, here he comes at me, and he's like, "Have you not seen it?" And I go, "No, I haven't." Yep. Now so, I would like uh, two peas in the pod. I don't know if I have a favorite. I know the most uncomfortable for me is Requiem. Oh, for sure. That's a very. Um, difficult watch and I haven't revisited that in quite a yeah. while due to that um, but I have seen it twice I think Black Swan or The Wrestler I oh, probably great. have seen the most Yeah, to be honest with you and Mother did you watch oh, Mother? heck yeah well, what did you think of that? <laughs> it's, about, it's about like a, a Darren film you know um, I think he has like a, 
one like he'll do like one extremely heady film and then like there's a couple you can really kind of get a hold of and understand and yeah there's another heady film and the kind of, he just I he just really keeps you off balance and you don't know he's what's one, coming next yeah he's one of the he's one of our greatest I think so too um, do you have any other directors that you follow oh man that's my topic yeah there's a lot we'll have to get into a, do oh, just a, a director show yeah I would love that oh man you don't even know you know they're my favorite things like uh, as far as cinema I love I love too. directors uh, I, I like the 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 writer director Sure. You know, yeah, I mean, that's which, good. Which yeah, most a lot of you yep, know, some. Like, yep, a lot of the heroes are. Yep, Paul Thomas Anderson. We oh, have. Come on. You know, obviously Quentin Tarantino. Wes Anderson. Come Wes on, Anderson. Yeah. I mean, we've got Wes Garrett have you, Evans. Have, yeah, have you seen Wes Anderson's new film? I have not. I haven't either. It's playing over in uh, the. It was playing in the cinema in Abbey. We talked about um, you know off air uh, just real quickly. We talked about maybe him and I going to the movies and doing some live posting of. Um, a movie while we're watching yeah. it. So let us know if, if that's something that might interest everybody. I think we'd have a good time. I and think so too. It would be um, be something that him and I could do together and see a film at the same time, yeah. like for the first time. For the first yeah, time. Yeah, for the first time together and have, have our own opinions about it. That'd be fun. Now, do when you watch film, I know probably, you know, I, I usually, I quite often um, watch them alone for the okay, most part. Okay, sure. Typically, I think every movie that we've done for this show, I've I've seen a lot of them beforehand. Some of them I haven't. But I think most of the ones I've watched alone, a couple of times I've watched watched with right. people. But do you like going going to the movies alone? Um, I I enjoy the late night movie. Um, uh, you know, I could see it either way. I I, I do like the the big cinema. Right. Uh, you know the the whole scene of going to the movie and like the experience of it. But I also like um, you know the quietness. You know, at home where I can really kind of be nerdy about right. it and like really dig in and listen to it and stop it and rewind it and kind of focus on this or that and, right um so you know there's that nerd part of me that likes to be anal- to analyze in some way or you know but there's also i i probably rob myself of fun a lot uh by you know just not having a good time at a movie or not but i just enjoy it my way you right. know like but i do enjoy you know and you know with company or without so yeah see i typically you know, obviously, if if I'm out on a date or something like sure. that, I I don't always see the heavy-handed films with the right, films. right, yeah. You yeah. know, this would probably be a film when it came out in 2005, uh, six. Um, my fr- I lived in D.C. and my friend uh, Talitha, her and I were roommates, um, so I took her to a couple of uh, I took her to a Wes Anderson movie, The Royal Tenenbaums. She didn't care uh. for that. And I also took her to uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's Punch Drunk Love, oh. which she didn't care for that. So therefore, I knew right then those weren't her type of films. Yeah. <laughs> so in the future, I just didn't ask her to go. I yeah. said, you're welcome to go. Yeah. You probably won't like it. Um, yeah, so, that's, that's fair. You know, so we, like we you opted just... to go to just movies, you know, that, that uh, you know, yeah. Sweet Home Alabama or oh, The sure. Island or 40-Year-Old Virgin, you know. Popcorn movies, yeah, you know, which is fun, but I typically see the more heavy-handed by myself. Yeah, for the most all right. part. Yeah, that's all know. right. Yeah, and I also I think I do that to maybe. I think I maybe can absorb it a little bit better. Yeah, I think it. I think it's good to have the space a little bit on some of those heady films to think about yeah. and really absorb and uh, make your own mental notes, um, analyze. No, do it's, you often? It's hard not to be analytical when you really enjoy film. Like you really want to dive into it you know now would you if, if you had the time and, and such would you watch because uh, if I did have the, all the time that I wanted I would watch a film for 
I w- not that I don't enjoy films. I do. And not that I don't watch it for enjoyment, because sure. I do. But I, when I watch it, I watch it for other reasons than that. It's not just a mindless entertainment for me. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, just, yeah. That's that's kind of what I was getting to. Is yeah. that, you know, you want to get into it. So it's it's uh, you know, I do that. I guess a, a lot later at night. Sure. Yeah. Know? But a, a lot of creatives are late night people. This is true, yeah. I, I happen to be an, an early bird and a night owl. And that's, Both, uh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really, doesn't really work all that great. Yeah, but, but uh, you get a lot of stuff accomplished. You really are knocking it out, yeah. yeah. So that's always... Sure. You can't have the sweet without the sour. That's right. So, I mean, now, ladies and gentlemen, Anthony Wayne is an early riser. You said, what, 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m.? Yeah, yeah, I usually try to get up at 5. Okay, 5, okay. Yeah, but there is that hour where it's iffy of like a... I could totally go back to bed, but I probably should push through. Right. Uh, How many hours of sleep do you normally get? I try to, um, I don't know, like uh, I try to train myself on about five hours. Okay. And then I think every 15 days I'll take a pretty good little nap. Okay. um, If it's a slow week, I'll take a nap during the day kind of thing. You know, you just, you know, when you got to, when you got to do it, you got to get it in. Like, you know, I've got two hours before this happens. I got to, I got to crash real quick. So you plan basically. Yeah. That sounds Blocks through your day. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, I go. I got I two too. hours right here. I'm going to get an hour of sleep. I do too. And I can I, I can shut down in a second. Well, see, I when for uh, I guess it was uh, around the time of the pandemic. I lived back in D.C. again back in 2019 into 20, and I would drive down to this region every weekend. So that was quite the haul. Yes. Every single wow. weekend, but when I would drive back, I had to be at uh, the radio station at four uh, four o'clock in the morning. So I would get back just in time enough for me to get to my place, get a few hours of sleep, get to the station, record the opening things that I needed right. to do, and then I took about an hour nap. At the station? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I just you had, do it. I just had one thing to do. I just had to do traffic and weather. It goes through until um, I played it at the top of the hour, the bottom, but I played the same one. Yeah. And, and then my shift started, you know, technically started at 5 a.m., so I got, you know, like 50 minutes You got to do it. You yeah. got to do it. So, and I'm, I'm and the, that's a cool thing to be able to do is um, use time efficiently. Sure. Yeah. And, and that, it, it keeps you on task. You know, yeah. it's not like some big 15 hour sleep or some huge crash. Like you want to stay in, in the, you know, in the moment. And yeah. just as long as you get a little quick little nap, you can push on through. Yeah. I totally agree with yeah. you. So, uh, would you recommend The Fountain? Absolutely. Anthony? Me too. Yeah. Me too. Um, last I, night. I probably have, honestly. Last night. I was indecisive about whether recommending it or not. Not because I didn't like it. But I want to say I do recommend it. Because I want other people to have their interpretation of it. And to see if they like or dislike it. And this is not a movie for everyone. It is not. But it's a a deep movie. I think a movie... I would like for you to watch it at least once. Sure. But... You know, there's a couple movies in my lifetime where I've went back, you know, maybe the second or third viewing. Like, I wanted to like it. And then on the first viewing, I was like, I don't know. Um, Charlie Countryman with uh, Shia LaBeouf. That was yeah. one of those movies. Have you watched that one? I uh, have not. It's a, it's a, I it's, do own it, though. I remember buying I would, it. I would watch it. it took All me, right, cool. It's on. All right. It, it took me twice Moving it up. to um, get past a certain point. But the third time, I've watched it like six times since then. I'm like the score, yeah. the colors, okay, the I'm performances. In. That might be one. Uh, Is that okay? 
Now that'll be one that I don't know if a lot of the audience has even heard of that one. All right. I love those. So yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. So we both recommend it. Yeah. The Fountain for sure. What did what was the rating system going to be? It's Three? reels, one to okay. five. Yeah, one to five reels. What, what do you give it today? Um, you know, I I'm gonna go four reels. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'll go four reels. Yeah, I'll go four reels because I'm gonna watch it again, and um, this might be one that is on like a regular rotation. I've got a couple of those. Very cool. Um, Jacob's Ladder. Have you ever watched oh, that yeah, one? Oh yeah, sure. Tim Robbins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, <coughs> Casey Gosh. brought that one to the show. I had. It had slipped under the radar yeah, as well. That's an older one. Yeah, Great from film. 1990. And I had watched, I've had watched. i watched it three or four times uh, since then. So, yeah, we love these old ones. And, uh, you know, I want to keep them coming for yeah, everyone. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, we do recommend that you watch The Fountain. Let us it know what is, you uh, think. I think I, I, think I, had, I rented it on uh, Amazon Prime, I think. You, you own it? I do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you own the DVD? Yeah, I have two. I have the Laserdisc. Oh yeah, that's. No. Oh, <laughs> I was like that too. No, no way. That would be a, a, a rare find. No. So you could watch the uh, the director's commentary from Darren's. Yeah, I didn't know it was done in the living room, so now I'm I'm totally gonna listen. Very to it. yeah yeah. Very I'm, gonna, cool. I'm gonna listen for the the squeaky doors and the, his cat. <laughs> what if neighbor. he gets up and he's like, I gotta get me a snack. Yeah, he's got like a bag of chips. Yeah. <laughs> or even even Otter, he'll come back with one of those little. Those little crackers with cheese that you yeah, open up. Got, got like a little, that little baby little scoop, <laughs> yeah. little spreader on it. So definitely check out The Fountain. Yeah, please do. Let us know what you think. It was fun. I enjoyed it. And yeah. I, I love that film. Always have. I'm glad you brought it to us. Love. Also, check out all of our social medias. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, TikTok, and Instagram. And join, uh, join in just a moment. There's, uh, I think I see the guys coming back in. Hey, guys. Oh, hey. Hey. Oh, you can't bring that in here. No, go. That is way too big. Yeah. So, uh, okay, uh, we're going to head out, and uh, we'll be back next week. What's next week? Next week, we're doing the Ryan Gosling movie, Drive. Drive. So we've both seen that one. Yeah. It's a great uh, film, though. It's a great film. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys and girls next week. All right, take care of each other. Have a good night. See you.